Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield. This is a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I'm joined, as always, by Chad Jarvis. And how are you doing today, Chad? I'm doing as good as a team that plays what the 17th and 21st place teams in the league and gets one measly point. So I'm kind of meh today. Yeah, that basically sums me up and sums up our weekend. How are you, Noah? I'm doing all right. Hanging in there. Yeah, not great results from this weekend. Obviously, if you would have asked us before the start of the weekend, going into that Easter period, how many points were we going to take? I probably would have said six, if not four. And of course, we come out with one. And my goodness, that game against Reading was arguably the worst that I've seen us play. And that includes like Slav ball. You know, yeah. and and that game, I think a lot of it just kind of felt like how we played under Slav, like just nothing creative going forward. I mean, we had what a couple shots like in the whole game. Yeah, in the Reading game, we had we didn't have our first shot until the goal, right? Yeah, I can't remember offhand, but I think you and might I mean, be right. And I mean, that was what 80th minute of the game. But I mean, to more on to your point. Yeah, it was slab ball 100%. We had all the we had all the possession and didn't do anything with it. And then we're like, "Uh, what do we do here? Uh, we don't have a striker to throw the ball into, so we're just going to pass it around, pass it around. Oh, look, it ran out of play and Redding gets the ball." So I mean, it, they deserve the points. Redding did because they got the first goal and then we had to answer and then we just switch off and give up an uh, such an easy goal. It's unbelievable, man. Such an easy goal. Yep. Yeah. I We just went to sleep for that second goal. You know, they got yep. that free kick and they put the ball in and there was Tom McIntyre just right there for it. it easy as you like. Easy as yep. you like. And, you know, spoiler alert, we're not we're not going to review this game against Reading. I do not want to relive just how dog shit we were. And I don't even think we had very many highlights to to review, to be quite honest with you, there there wasn't anything that I think we did, bar the goal, that I feel is worth talking about. Yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly. I mean, you can tell it's very evident in what our last, how since the international break when we came back, we haven't had Billy. We need a goal, a school goal scorer up top. We yeah. need a striker. We need it bad. McBurney. You might as well put him on the shelf for the rest of the season. He's done. He's worthless. I, I've given him enough chances. This 20 million pound striker BS. I'm over it. Sit him on the bench. Don't even tell him to just give him a mop and go tell him to clean the, the, the bathrooms at Bramble Lane. Make sure the locker room looks looks good for the guys <laughs> that actually play. I mean, it, it's just embarrassing. And then, you know, we're going to allude into the Bristol City game. Morgan Gibbs White just ran himself to death. He felt like it felt like there was 11 v one, in my opinion. And it's like we can't continue to keep trying to go through one guy. And Die had a moment of brilliance in the routing game to get the equalizer. Other than that, no, 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 nothing, nothing. And and it's a sad thing because we are going to screw around and we're going to make the playoffs even though I don't think we're going to. And 
it's like, who are we going to depend on? Is Billy going to be – are we going to rely on 36-year-old Billy if he's able to come back for the playoffs to drag us to a playoff final? Is that going to happen? I don't want to – I don't want that prospect. But, I mean, I guess that's our only logical prospect right now is to have him just drag us through. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you, Chad. At, at this point – Unless we can win, and I mean win, I, 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 like a draw will not do at this at this point. If we can't win two out of the three games and then take a, a, at least one point from that third game, I don't see us making the playoffs. I mean, yeah. we, we got th- we got three games left. There's three games left in the season. You got Cardiff, which we probably should win. It's a game we 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 probably should win. Cardiff are not on great form right now. We'll get to that when we when we preview our game at the end of the podcast. But beyond that, I mean, we've got a very tough game away at QPR, and then we have Fulham on on decision day. And it's going to come down to the last day. It will. It's obviously going to come down to the last day. We've all, we've kind of known that for a couple of weeks now. Um, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think based on our results that we'd be in this position. I mean, it is by the grace of the other teams in and around us that are just as dog shit as we are right now that we're not, you know, in ninth or 10th place at this point and, and on the outside looking in at the playoffs. Yeah. yeah and that's, that was the po- question I was going to pose to you. Are we just this bad or is this division that bad? Because we can, we can't do anything right, but the teams in and around us, I mean, it's, it's pretty solidified. The teams above us are probably going to stay above us. But the rest of the teams below us are just awful. And it's like, I mean, we might luck ourselves into this into this final spot because I mean the only the only team I think I did before the we started recording is Burrow and they have to win the game and then win like four nil to overtake us with that game in hand. So I mean, my question to you is is are we bad or is this league just awful? Yeah, I think the league is pretty bad. I mean, Luton are going to finish in the playoffs. Yeah, Luton and Luton were one of the worst sides that we saw come to Bramall Lane this year. Yeah, you know, I I think the the highest that we can finish at this point, in my humble opinion, is is fifth, and that's if only if we jump Luton. And look, they're on seventy one points right now. They've got Blackpool. They've got Fulham, and who do they have on the last day? They've got Reading. They're going to win that game. <laughs> They're going to yeah, win right. that game on decision day. Yeah. So, you know, I don't even think we're going to be able to jump Luton at this point. Yeah. So we have to aim for that that sixth spot. And what does that mean? That means we're going to get, if we do, even if we do make the playoffs, which it's not a guarantee, who are we coming up on? Red Hot Forest, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's we're going to get turned over in both the home and away fixtures and that'll be our our season. Yeah. I I can't see anything positive coming out of us making the playoffs. I mean, we should just hope that Forest hit a wall and we're able to get a Huddersfield Town that is actually playing pretty good. I watched their game at the weekend and they looked mighty impressive. So they're looking like they can score goals now. 
out of all the teams in the playoffs, we're the only one that can't score goals. And I don't like that feeling going in. When we have to rely on one player to try and drag us through to promotion, I was thinking about this today. Is it really worth it for us to just go up just to come back down? Because in my opinion, I think yes. all these uh, I think that all these teams that go up are coming directly back down. Yes, it's worth it. It's worth it, Chad, for one reason and one reason alone. We could go and we could uh, go up next year and have the worst season ever, like even worse than the 2020-2021 season, and I'd be happy with that because of the parachute payments. That's the yeah. only fucking reason. It's the only reason, man. Like so we can recycle the players, get some new guys in, and then go again. Yeah. And then maybe have a better chance, you know, the season after that of staying up. Oh, my God. This is so perspective right now. But, like, it's – I mean, yeah, you want to go up. You want to go up just for the money. It's not even to play – like, you know, to have to have Cristiano Ronaldo come to to Bramall Lane. Like, it's, it's just for the money alone. Yeah. And, I, I mean, and that to me is just – like kind of what sucks about the whole deal is it all revolves around money. But I mean, cause it's no fun recapping us losing how many games we lose like 28 games last year. It's no fun doing that and going into the game being like, we have no chance in this game, but I mean, whether you're Bournemouth and Fulham, you've got to look at yourselves in the mirror right now. All these teams are going to have to pump so much money into their sides to just even be competitive. Sniff, yeah, to be competitive or sniff the non-relegation spots. And it's like, okay, cool, yay, we we got promoted, but now we're going to stare 38 games of probably losing, what, 75% of them next year? Man, I mean, it's cool to th- – it, it's it's cool for us to be in there, and I understand with the money perspective, but I'm almost kind of leaning to I like being competitive. I like being towards the top of the table. I love the championship. I wouldn't mind us being in the championship next year, albeit uh, my end game is, yes, I'd like to be in the Premier League, but I like being more competitive than just being the rock at the bottom of the lake. Yeah, and and I guess one of the other things that I hadn't considered when I was just talking purely about the money is what it can do to a team's psyche to get turned over week after week after week in the prep. Yeah. I mean, we saw what it did to to our players, you know, when we started the tw- this this season, the 2021-2022 season. Mm-hmm. I mean, getting turned over week in, week out, I mean, it took us a few games and a, hell, a change in manager just to find our form that we had in the 2019 2020 season yeah it's it is crazy man and i don't see anybody that that doesn't see that this team needs to be turned over regardless if we go up or go or stay in this division next year i just think we need it's that time to freshen it up you know i think we've we've hit the stagnant period and i don't know if i alluded to this a little bit way back at the start of this season that we needed to kind of just give it a, a little bit of a turnover and get some new fresh blood in. I don't know how much we're looking to invest if we do stay in this division. Do we cut a few of our big-name players and bring in some, you know, new guys to freshen it up and, and you know, give it a, a good go next year? 
I don't know, but I just think I'm getting stag. We're getting stagnant as a team. You know, I think our our players have almost reached their potential, and I'm not talking about the likes of Brewster and stuff like that, but just you know your Flex, your Norwoods, your Egan's, you know, even Bash, you know, the players like that. You know, I think we've we've tapped their potential because Egan, based on that goal on. He is susceptible at the back. It wasn't he one of the main causes for that goal at the back or the the goal against Redding, wasn't it? Where they split him in two. The the yeah. first the Lucas Joao goal, they yeah. split the yeah. center backs in two and he got caught out on an island. I just think he doesn't look he looks like a shadow of his former self. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I I'm inclined to agree with you, Chad. I think Eeg's performance um, and on the second half of this season has just not been up to snuff. It's just not the Egan that we're, that we're used to. Yeah. And we say this on the back of how many clean sheets we've had, but just there's, there's those moments where we just get opened up like a can. And when it gets, when we get opened up, it's just like a freaking waterfall. Yeah, I, I agree. But these are obviously, <laughs> The three most important games of our season coming up here. Um, Chad, do you want to get into reviewing our game against Bristol City? We might as well. I mean, I mean, we both know who, well, I don't know if we're going to do a man of the match, but we definitely know who the man of the match is on probably both of our cases. Yeah, yeah. It, it really easy to pick that one out. Yep. Getting into it here, the first real chance of the game came in the seventh minute as Illiman and Jaya on the left-hand side near the top of the box passed behind him to an open John Fleck who first time passed it to Ollie Norwood who took a shot from about 20 yards out and he mishit it. It went to the left of goal. Ninth minute, United on the front foot as we were for large stretches of this game. Morgan Gibbs-White won a corner down the right-hand side. And off the corner taken by Norwood, it's headed out, but only so far as Sander Badgay, who tried to overhead pass it back into the area. He mishits it, and the law firm gets on it. He takes a first-time shot that was blocked. Tenth minute, down the right-hand side again. The law firm got it to Bergay, who passed to Njaye, who got it back to Bash out wide. And um, Bash passed it to Njaye, who passed to Morgan Gibbs-White, who dummied and then broke in behind, and the pass was touched by Fleck back to Morgan Gibbs-White, and he was in, and he took a shot that was saved pretty well, I have to say. Good save from Bristol City keeper Bentley. Yeah, I mean, he, he, you know, you look at the game, we had ample opportunities to to score. I mean, Daniel Bentley, I mean, he, he loves playing on the edge, I guess. I mean, you're going to allude to it in a couple chances where we had wide open goals. If the ball, if the ball just falls to one of our players, we're slotting at home. Yeah. But of course, typical United, you know, the balls always go awry. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. 11th minute Norwood had a shot from outside the box that was blocked. 17th minute Norwood again plays in Sander Badgay, who drives parallel with the top of the box before taking a shot that goes wide, but only just. And Bentley did make a dive for it. I guess he must have thought that it probably was going to be very close. So did you think Bergay had a good game? 
I think I thought he did, but there were stretches of the game where I kind of felt like he was gone missing a little bit. Like he would come in and be a factor, and then I would almost forget he's out on the uh, on the pitch playing. So I guess I could say it was an okay game. You know, I would like with us not playing an out and out striker. I would have liked him to be more of a factor along with the law firm and then die. But it felt like the law firm was basically everywhere. I want to get his tracker at the end of the game. He must have run like 25 miles. I mean, because he was trying to pick up every single ball, trying to make plays with his feet, trying to open up players. And then, you know, there was a handful of players that were trying to make plays for him. But it just felt like if we go as the law firm goes, if he has an off game, we are going to be awful. And if he's on point, you know, we got a chance to to get a goal and maybe win the game. Yeah. Yeah. And I it was really apparent out there that we didn't have an out and out striker. You know, yeah. I mean, playing playing a five five zero does not suit us. I think we really do need someone who knows how to have the ball at their feet, you know, inside the box and be able to turn, shoot, and score. Yeah. Because uh, there were so many times, I I mean, I'll, I'll talk about it in a minute, but, you know, like Berge would like run into the into the box with the ball and then have nobody to pass it to. Yep. Nobody to dink, try to dink it to. And, you know, Njaye just wasn't getting in those positions. You know, both Njaye and Morgan Gibbs-White play a very similar style. You know, they're out... Um, above the box, like on the wings, like trying to play, you know, little triangles in order to get across in for somebody, but we don't have anybody in the box. Yeah. And I mean, until we put Osua on in what, the 75th minute, I mean, that was our first striker. In, I mean, the, the he's a kid. He's a kid. And then Jebison didn't even make the starting 11. Or, or excuse me, the bench, and it's like, all right, this is how it's going to go, and there's not really – I mean, you look at our bench, you had Phillip with an F, you had Davies, defender, Osborne and Hurahan came in, and Osula came in, and then you had R&D on the bench. There was no – there's no attack there. Yep. There's absolutely no attack. That's, well, that's, that's not how we- a team – that's owing to how thin we are up top. Yeah. We have like it's hilarious. We had a, a a wealth of strikers at the beginning of the season. And now, you know, doing to injury and illness and players have gone out on loan. It we just don't have anybody anymore, you know? Yeah. But I mean, really, would we want Ollie Burke, you know, playing in this game? No. Would we want Elise Mousse playing in this game? Would we want no. to depend on them? No. No. Not at all, because Moose would get hurt, and Ollie Burke would just run to the touchline as fast as he could and look up and be like, "What do I do with the ball next?" So, I mean, we're we're in our bed. We we've made our bed, and we got to lay in it now. So, I mean, it is what yeah. it is at this point. Yep, yep. Bristol City's first chance came in the twenty third minute as Maddie James off of a corner finds Chris Martin, who heads it, but it's way high. 29th minute, the law firm had a shot from outside the box that was blocked, and that was off of a free kick uh, about 24 yards out. And as you mentioned before, Bentley out of position on multiple occasions, and we couldn't take advantage of it. So frustrating. 
And we were also caught offside on a number of occasions. Illiman and Jaye, Gibbs White, Bash, all caught offside on good through balls. They just couldn't time their runs, and they were in on each one of those chances. And it's just so frustrating because I think this is the third or fourth game in a row where we're you know we're we're trying these great through balls, but we're just getting caught offside time and time again. And I feel like we've been caught offside trying these through balls. Like, I feel like more than I having watched a couple of other games more than any other side than I've seen in like the last three weeks. And, you know, I've been watching actually a lot more championship football because, you know, we're down to the nitty gritty here. It's, it's crunch time. You know, I've been watching the other sides that are in and around that top six. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. I mean, it, it almost feels like me when I'm playing FIFA and then I just turn the off sides off. Cause I always get, you know, caught with the through balls and I'm off sides. It's just like, we're right there. And I like what we're doing, but it's just gotta be a, either a touch later or the law firm's got to time his run better. He knows that ball is always going to come to him. He, without a doubt, he's just got to do better in timing his run. And you know, the same thing is when, when sharp is playing, how many times has he caught off off sides in a game four or five times, almost every game. That's that's owing, I think, largely to the fact that the skippers probably lost a step or two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I can't remember the minute, but Morgan Gibbs White had the ball down the right hand side. He passed it back to Norwood, uh, who put in a great ball over the top for Balduck, who just couldn't bring it down for a good shot. A Bristol City defender was able to clear it out after Balduck got a foot on the ball. That wasn't exactly a shot, but you know the ball was like headed for goal and had. The Bristol City player not been there to clear it out. It might have like rolled in, but nothing came from that, obviously. Off of a corner that was blocked out by Bristol City, Stevens took a shot that was high and wide, but it deflected, so another corner to the blades. And then there was a good period where nothing happened. Like from the 32nd minute, like until the 43rd minute, I mean, it was just back and forth. You know, I mean, we had possession, but just could not do anything with the ball. And then finally, in that 43rd minute, United's one of our best chances of the half. The ball came to Sander Badgay down the left-hand side. Daniel Bentley came way out of his area to try and win the ball. And Badgay crossed for Norwood like to, to slot it home into an open net, but it was headed out by a Bristol City defender. But only so far as Balduck, who passed to Norwood, who passed back to Gibbs-White, who touched it for Balduck, and then Balduck passed to Stevens, who got it to Njaye inside the box in acres, acres of space. Nobody around him, and he just boots it over the net. Yeah. So poor. So, so poor. You got to finish that chance. That was it. That was, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I, I feel like we get that goal, and then we, we might have closed up shop. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. If we got that goal, the outcome is probably different. We probably get, obviously that was almost on the stroke of halftime. So we get that going to halftime. We're re-energized. You know, they're on the back foot. They've been conceding so much possession. We come out in the second half and just, you know, lull them to bed and yep. probably get another one. And we win it two nil. But as you said, he missed, which yeah. was unfortunate because how many times – I'll say it again. How many times do we ha do we talk about these easy goals we miss? Easy goals. So frustrating at that. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Another what-if moment. 
And then finally, uh, on the stroke of halftime, Fleck played in Stevens, who took a shot from the left-hand side of the top of the box that just went to the right of goal. It was very close again. Um, I can't remember the goal, but uh, Stevens, he scored a goal like that when we were in the championship in 2019. I can't remember Mm. who it was against. Uh, I can't remember, but it was right around when we were like close to getting promoted. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, I can't think of it. Tweet no. us if you remember if you can think of the moment that we're talking about. It was the 2018-2019 season where Steven scored from the left-hand side. I just can't remember. But anyway, it was similar to that. That was halftime. And then second half, we start on the front foot, 49th minute. On the break, the law firm passed out left to Stevens. He put in a first-time ball that was headed right back to him by a Bristol City defender. And then Stevens passed to Fleck, who got it to Norwood, who took a shot. That was deflected back to Stevens. And he passed to Fleck on the left-hand side, who crossed for Jack Robinson, who headed it right into Bentley's arms. I mean, he was a free header. It was a free header. And, of course... That sprung the break as Bentley threw the ball long, and it winds up on the counter to Semenyo, who's beaten everyone except for Egan. He makes a simple pass to Chris Martin, and it's just a tap-in. It's just a fucking tap-in for Bristol City, and and they go ahead. And I immediately texted you. Do you remember what I texted you? What were the words? F off. F right off. I think, yep. F right off. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's one of those goals, man. You saw it coming because... Not only had Bristol City been playing out of the back and playing on the counter, but it, it seemed like at the end of that first half, they started to get more opportunities, you know, where we had we were putting everybody in their half of the of the pitch. And then, you know, maybe a couple outlets, and then here goes the break again. Here goes the break the other way. Here goes and finally, 49th minute, boom. Easy as like passed it to him, slotted it home. One nil Robbins. Yeah. And that was like their first shot on target all Mm -hmm. game. Incredible. Incredible. After the restart, 52nd minute off of a corner taken by Fleck. It's taken short to Gibbs White, who passes back to Fleck, who finds Norwood at the top of the box. He drills a shot that is blocked. And a good chance for United as Fleck passed to Stevens out on the wing near the top of the 18-yard box. He drove in, and the ball was deflected out of the box to Robinson, who put in a great pass looking for Badgay, but a Bristol City defender intervened at the last second, and Badgay was in there. He gets that ball. It's a goal. Yep. It's it's so close. This game is so close to falling to us here and there different opportunities and we yet we we never get lucky and the ball never falls to us the right way you know it's just inches mere inches and it's a totally different outcome i can think of like four or five games this year where we can just go back and be like one or two different ways and we win that game it's so frustrating man it's so irritating when you watch it week in and week out I had more energy for the Reading game, and then it sucked everything out of me. Out of me when we lost that this this Bristol City game, I was just kind of like, eh, all right, oh, they got the goal, we we were behind. Oh, guess what? We're probably gonna lose. Oh wait, here comes a goal. Oh wow, I don't see us going ahead now, and we we ended up getting a draw. 
Yeah, and it, it's so frustrating because you know this team on their day is better than 90% of the teams in this league. Yeah. On our day, yep. we... And look, I, you know, you can say, oh, well, we've got a bunch of injuries. But at the same time, you work with what you got, you know, regardless of injuries. On our day, yeah. we can beat this Bristol City team. They are not very good. No. That Reading team was, was fucking awful. Yep. And we just played down to the competition in both respective games. You know, yes. we, we, we play against Rovers, we play against QPR, we play against Fulham, these great sides you know, who are, if they're not in playoff positions, they're, they're damn close to it. And we play up to the competition and then we play bottom of the league sides, fucking hole. When we, we drew hole, like hole is a shit team. Yeah. We lost a Derby. We We lost lost a Derby. Derby. We lost a Derby this year. Yeah. Two nil. Two nil. We lost a Derby. And it's so, it's so crazy because in this game, in a bunch of these games that you just alluded to, I've said we started the game off or sleepwalking. We're playing down to the competition. And then, you know, when when they post on the internet, oh, get all hype behind the blades. We're at home, you know, a Tuesday night, 745 kickoff, blah, blah, blah against who, whoever. And the place is absolutely going nuts. And the players get amped up because the crowd's amped up. And then, okay, we have a 3 p.m. kickoff on the Monday after Easter. And for the most part, the crowd at Ashton Gate was absolutely dead. There was nobody. It didn't even feel like there was anybody there except for our supporters. And we weren't able to do anything. So that's a perfect example of us playing down to the competition. Yep. Right you are, Chad. It's it's just so frustrating, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we got caught out on the counter again in the 56th minute. And, you know, Wyman got a pass to Semenyo who took a shot from the center of the box. And, I mean, I don't know how he didn't score from this chance. It was such yeah. a good chance for them. That would have buried it. I mean, oh, obviously. Yeah. That would have put it to bed. But luckily missed because I was like, thank God, I would have come on. I would have come on glued. I probably would have ripped my TV off the wall if they would have scored. 57th minute, Martin on the break again, takes a shot. It's relatively easily saved by Wes. And then back and forth in the same minute, Bedgate driving down the pitch, slipped a ball for Balduck out on the right-hand side. He put in a cross looking for the law firm who miscues and heads the ball out of play for a goal kick. 60th minute, Bedgate on the right-hand side, put in a great pass for Stevens on the ground just inside the box. He takes one touch and takes a shot that is saved well by Bentley, but it falls for the law for Morgan Gibbs-White, who acrobatically jumps and smashes the ball into the back of the net. Uh, he's had some great goals this season, but that may be one of the, the finest. Yeah, that was a great goal. Really well taken by him. And like you said, it, I think it's his probably his best goal he scored this year. He just kind of almost scissor kicked it, you know? And it was a good goal, and it leveled, and it gave me a little bit of hope. Yeah, it's the hope that kills you. Yeah, right? Immediately after kickoff, United win the ball back, and Basham is played in at the goal line. I mean, we were driving, looking for that second. He pulls the ball back for Badgay, who should have taken a shot. I mean, he was not – he was, like, getting close to the six-yard box, 
and he he just I don't understand how why he didn't take a shot. Uh, he pulled the ball back for Basham, and it eventually fell to Robinson after you know like we were I don't know it went back and forth a couple of times, um, and Robinson crossed in for Berge who just can't get a good head to it and it's cleared out. 67th minute, Morgan Gibbs-White tries to put a through ball for Stevens, but Enda is caught offside. 70th minute, Bristol City had chances as off of a free kick taken, excuse me, by Matty James. Chris Martin headed the ball, but it is saved by Wes very easily. 84th minute, on the counter, Naki Wells drove into the box and took a shot that missed right, but close. 87th minute, Atkinson off of a set piece took a shot that was high and wide. I think it was a header. I can't remember offhand. And then into stoppage time, it was so frustrating, Chad. Like, there was no urgency from United. You know, we were, like, casually bringing the ball up the pitch, you know, passing the ball in and around the area. Lump it into the box for fuck's sake. Yeah. They just – and the commentators on the game said it looks like United – have no urgency they're just passing the ball around at the back and i was like okay just just run the clock out i'll i'll, I'll take a i'll take a draw here i mean clearly we're not going to go for a winner so we might as well just you know go on with it yep yep last chance of the game came to willow sula who got the ball at the top right of the box he drove laterally took a shot that was easily saved by bentley and that was full time that was it i uh, this is a game that you know, if we don't, if we finish outside of the playoffs, we're going to look at both of these games. I, we've said this several times this season, but we're really going to look at these two games. And we were gifted; we were absolutely gifted by the teams in and around us not getting points out of this weekend, and we managed to somehow only take one. And or still, I, we we could have put it out of reach for the other teams looking to get into the playoffs. Yeah, if if we win that game against Bristol City, that puts us on what sixty eight points. I mean that gives us a that gives us a one game cushion to the the playoff chasing pack, and what do we do? We let it slip. Yep, yep. Well, we've got another game coming up. First and foremost, Chad Morgan Gibbs White, unanimous, one hundred percent man of the match. Moving on. <laughs> Can you tell I have to get going? <laughs> yeah. Right. So just a little peek behind the curtain here. I, I'm going to watch some footy tonight. Uh, the Galaxy are playing in a cup game tonight, and uh, I'm I'm trying to get out of here. So really quickly, we're just going to preview our game against Cardiff at the weekend. And Cardiff, they have been on up and down form lately. They lost to Luton Town yesterday, 1-0. That was at home. They lost to Hull away, and uh, they beat Reading, but... I feel like a lot of teams have beat Reading before that. And then they got absolutely, yeah, not us. They, uh, they got turned over by Swansea city at home four nil. And then before that they beat Stoke at home. So uh, they haven't played very many really good teams as of recent, and they've had mixed, mixed results. So uh, hopefully, you know, they're going to be on the beach and, you know, it should, shouldn't be a tough game. Hopefully Billy Sharp is back at the weekend. They, there was talk about it. I haven't heard anything definitive. Have, what have you heard, Chad? All quiet on my end. I have not heard anything, but they said he could be ready for this weekend. What I heard last week, they said they didn't want to rush him back for the Easter weekend fixtures. 
They said they're looking for more of the run in the you know the final three games and, pro- and possibly the playoffs. So a healthy skip if he comes off the bench in like the 60th minute, I'm okay. Let's get him ready for the QPR game though. You know, yeah. I'd rather yeah. I, I'd much. I know how important this Cardiff game is, but I would much rather have him for that QPR Fulham run and then possibly playoffs. So as far as Cardiff are concerned, who do we have to worry about here? Well, they've got the guy they start up top is Jordan Hugel. He's got four goals for him. And, you know, Cardiff had given up 64 goals. So chances are we could score, but I highly doubt it based on a recent form. You know, Morgan Gibbs White's going to have to, you know, score it or, or drag us through. But Alfie Doughty is another player they have. They just don't have too many goals goal scorers in and around their team and but I mean they're good for an assist from like the likes of Perry and G at the back so this could be a tougher game than it should be considering our recent form you know we we but as we talked about earlier we should go and beat these guys these are the teams we need to beat and give us the three points and maybe fingers crossed the teams around in and around us slip up again and we can maybe widen that gap you know yeah yeah that's that certainly is the hope and i mean as far as united are concerned how do you see us lining up do we chuck your back in there for bash give him a, a break i mean what do you think considering we're gonna have so much time i mean so much time but we're gonna have a, the better part of all of this week to get you know rested up do you think Heck, he goes with the same lineup. I think Robinson comes out for Ben Davies because Robinson played horrible against Bristol City. And maybe uh, other than that, I can, maybe Uremovich for Bash. That's the only other, you know, change I could see in this side. Everybody else is 65 minutes and on. Yeah. Yeah. You I know, mean, like I, I'm inclined of, to agree. I, if we don't have Sharp available, I mean, maybe you do start the false nine and then bring Sharp in for for Njaye. Yeah, and yeah, you got you got to think too. We got to we got to have the the law firm probably play the majority of the rest of these games all the way through to try as as dead as he was in the Bristol City game. He's got to. You got three more games to get us over the line, man. Yeah, and hopefully we can score an early goal against Cardiff City so Morgan Gibbs White doesn't feel the pressure of having to constantly create and he can relax That's what we a need. little bit. Yeah. 100%. This is almost a game. This is almost a game. I know it's not gonna happen, but we need to get early goals so then we can start taking off the likes of, you know, a Morgan Gibbs White, a a Sander Berger, um, you know, just rotate some squad because we have that QPR game the following Friday, you know? So if we can get some rest, we'll be okay. Yep. Yep. How about a score prediction from you, Chad? One, 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 one. one. Wow. Who do you, who do you think gets the goal for United? The only guy that can Gibbs white. That's it. Law firm. I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic. I'm going to say one nil to United. And Morgan Gibbs White gets the goal because you're right. Who else is going to score? Yep. That's it. 
Well, I think that's just about all the time that we have for this episode of the Red Half of Sheffield. If you haven't done so already, please give the podcast a follow on Facebook at the Red Half of Sheffield or and on Twitter at Red Sheffield. And Chad, where can the people follow you on social media? They can find me at Blades in the USA on Facebook and Twitter. And you can follow me personally at Jarvis underscore 13 on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me, Noah Snyder, at Sunpuck on Instagram and at Nestman930 on Twitter. Until this Saturday when we play Cardiff City at the lane. Up the blades, Chad. Up the blades. Come on, you red and white wizards. Mm -hmm.